And I think Alexander Cox has come in and flipped it on its head and said, you know, you have the ability to to have this doggedness and this determined side to you and um, how defensively hard you work and fight for every ball and every duel. Um, he, but he said to us now, we'll go and kind of, it's almost like letting the dog off the chain. So basically in terms from attacking aspect to go, listen, you know, you guys are incredibly powerful at what you do there. But now we need to start converting that into going forward and getting more goals and more outcomes in the opposition's D. The Euro Hockey Daily podcast is brought to you by XPS. Plan, prepare, perform and win with XPS by sidelinesports.com. The essential software platform for hockey coaches all over the world. Not just for coaches here at the European Championship, but for all ambitious coaches eager to improve every day. A must-have tool for clubs who want to track the development of their homegrown talents. For more info, check out xps.promo hockey. Welcome to the Euro Hockey Daily. The second episode of the Euro Hockey Daily is on, and we have our guests for today the Irish goalie Davy Hart, and, well, I think I have to say now, a Belgian defender, Abigail Ray. And since I strongly believe in age before beauty, let's start with David Hart. Hello David, welcome to our podcast. Uh, We've had some good news and some bad news last week uh, concerning uh, David Hart. Uh, The good news is you're going to be a TV commentator at the European Hockey Championships. The bad news is that means you won't be playing. Uh, What happened? You were injured, I suppose. Uh, Can you tell us why uh, why you're not uh, playing for Ireland this championship? Um, yeah, like you said, unfortunately, very disappointed not to be taking part in the tournament myself. But um, at least it's a, a consolation of being involved in some way of the tournament, and that's doing the commentating and the commentary. So I, I would look forward to that. But of course, my first of my first priority would to be competing and to performing. Um, I've just had a bit of an injury that kind of has not gone away for quite some months now, and there's been an opportunity for the last number of months since the tournament we played in the 2K with our uh, with Ireland in France. Um, the FIH series finals. That's correct. To try and find some window where it's possible to get a break. And uh, it's by no means saying that just because it's uh, the European Championships, it's a time to take a time off or not. But the, the the realistic side of it is having to look forward with another busy season ahead. And yes. particularly the Olympic qualifying round at the end of October, beginning of November. Yeah, you have some big uh, priorities coming up and then it's difficult to choose sometimes. But uh, yeah, sometimes you have to, huh? Or sometimes others choose for you, but that's also fine for yeah. me. <laughs> true, true, true. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's not too serious, I hope, the injury. Can you tell us about it? Or um, I prefer not to, to be honest. I think okay. it's just uh, equally at times that players have the uh, the right and the advantage of keeping injuries to themselves Absolutely. and concealed. So um, I won't go into it any further, but it's something that's been troubling me for a number of months. Okay, good. Uh, but the idea is that you will be back uh, during the beginning of the season with Kampong then. Yes, absolutely. I hope to be on the on the pitch tonight with uh, the Kampong guys for at least uh, 30, 40 minutes, just slowly building back up some uh, some goalkeeping aspects. Okay, good. Can you tell us a little bit about the Irish ambitions uh, for this European Championship? I think our ambitions are would 
the, the usual ambitions of what we would have going to European Championships, um, having a, a realistic goal, of course, against an opportunistic goal of uh, trying to, to recreate a medal like we did back in 2015. Uh-huh. But uh, of course, we're all very aware and the whole hockey world is aware of the powerhouses that are in the European competition, um, with some with majority of the top 10 teams sitting in Europe. But at the same time, I think uh, first and foremost would be obviously a simple goal of remaining in the A division to remain A status for 2021. Um, but then again, with a, with an eye and a goal towards getting to a semi-final spot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and also, it's it's uh, well it, it, difficult to say this about about the European Cup, but it's a training tournament towards the Olympic qualifier, I suppose. Yes, obviously there will be, of course, that uh, coveted ticket for whoever wins gold at this tournament who gets a direct qualification towards Tokyo, which is a huge advantage. Um, but yes, it is a, a training and probably a progression and a step towards that Olympic qualifying event, like you mentioned, in the end of October, beginning of November. Yeah, so what, what is exactly the route for Ireland if you want to go, if you want to qualify for uh, for Tokyo? Um, either win the European Championships. Yeah. <laughs> um, or or we will head on towards the qualifying event, which I think has been confirmed around the 2nd and 3rd of November, which is the Saturday, Sunday, the weekend, the first weekend of November. And the opposition there is, of course, yes, to be decided. Yet to be decided. Uh, you don't have any ideas it's based, upon, it's based upon ranking, I suppose. It's huh? based upon ranking, and it was suggested towards, it could be, depending on how rankings and everything work out, it could be, as tricky as Germany, as Spain, Great Britain, Canada, New Zealand. So it's yeah. really unknown yeah. and uncertain as usual. Okay, so that, that we'll have to wait until uh, mid-September probably then, until all the uh, major uh, continental championships have been uh, been played and uh, we know the ranking before the for the Olympic qualifiers. Huh? Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, Ireland switched coaches uh, more or less a year ago, I think, uh, have you noticed the difference in in the approach between both coaches? Well, you know, obviously, it's very well the the second one, the one who's in charge right now. Um, the second one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the second one, maybe the first one at this moment. <laughs> uh, um, but, but has there been a difference? Because you, you've, you've been a long way with Craig Fulton, the South African coach before, and today yeah. it's Alexander Cox, the Dutch uh, guy. Uh, but what's the main difference now? Um, I think the main difference is but when we were under the leadership of Craig Fulton, of Ned, as he's, as he's known yeah. as, um, yeah. I, I think obviously we were um, living off of the factor that he had been and played in the uh, Irish uh, hockey world for many years. So he had known the culture of the Irish side inside out um, from a player side of thing, also from a, from a coaching side of thing. So he was able to hone in on those aspects of the, the usual cliché of the fight in Irish, the tough defence and so on. Um, and I think Alexander Cox has come in and flipped it on its head and said, you know, you have the ability to to have this doggedness and this determined side to you and um, how defensively hard you work and fight for every ball and every duel. And he, but he said to us now, we'll go and kind of, it's almost like letting the dog up the chain. So basically in terms from attacking aspects to go, listen, you know, you guys are incredibly powerful at what you do there. But now we need to start converting that into going forward and getting more goals and more outcomes in the opposition's D. Mm-hmm. Um... Tonight we will have the big clash in the first game of the Irish uh, in the, in the European Championships against the reigning champions uh, against Netherlands, a team you know very well with a lot of players you know very well. What are your thoughts about uh, that game, and uh, can you tell us also which player of the Irish we, we we should be considering the one to watch, maybe? 
That's a good question. I think um, tonight, anytime you play against the Dutch, you're aware of uh, the world-class outfit that they are. And there's been uh, some good battles with them over the years at European Championships from London in the semi-final, the narrow 1-0 loss to the 2013 event in Boom, where we went down 2-1 in the last couple of minutes. Um, so it's always, you know, aware of their quality, but we also have to try and recognise how uh, the good side that we are as well. Um, I think if you're looking forward to it and me being in the commentary box tonight for the game, I will know a lot of the Dutch side, as you mentioned. Um, and then, of course, on the flip side of it, my, my Irish teammates and the lads. So I think one to watch out for, um, what I'm looking forward to watching is uh, Tim Cross, is a guy who's obviously just come across as an Australian born with an Irish passport who has about 10, 10 Australian caps to his name. I haven't seen him play in person yet, other than, of course, competing against him at Tilburg. So it'll be nice to see him don the Irish shirt and see how he fits into the Irish mix and the Irish uh, culture playing-wise. Okay, yeah. Well, it fits into the theme of this, uh, of this podcast as well, because our next guest will be uh, Abigail Ray, who is, a, uh, at the moment, Belgian national team player, but she's born in England and uh, moved to Canada when she was a teenager and became a Canadian international player there uh, and played 155 caps or something like that for Canada. Okay. So uh, uh, now we have an Aussie playing for Ireland as well. So <laughs> There you go. It's, it's, it's truly a global sport. It's truly a global sport. <laughs> Can you make a prediction for tonight or do you don't do predictions? I'm not one to do predictions, to be honest, in particular when it's my own country playing and my own team and the lads. So I think it's going to be quite an exciting game, a tough game as well, of course, and uh, always the first game of, uh, of a championship of, of any nature for both sides. It's always getting onto the pitch, experiencing the crowd, the, the, the atmosphere, and then just you know trying to get off to as best of a start as that you can. Okay, thanks very much, David, and uh, thanks for your time, and uh, hope that you at least enjoy uh, the European Championships as a TV commentator as well. Thanks very much. I will certainly try my best, Ernst. Okay, we're in the hotel lobby once more uh, with uh, across from me. What could be described probably as the chameleon of international hockey. Uh, Abigail Ray, uh, am I pronouncing your name right? Yeah, that was good. Abby? Abigail. Yeah, Abby, Abigail yeah, Abby is, uh, is easier. Abby <laughs> is easier. Um, Abby, uh, born in England, moved as a teenager to Canada, played for Canada, uh, over 150 caps. Uh, yeah, yeah. You played Pan Am Championships, won medals there, uh, moved to Belgium. And now playing for Belgium and going to make your debut at the European Hockey Championship. Yeah. Uh, tell me, how does this happen? Yeah, that's uh, about right. It's uh, <laughs> it's not a normal story, I know. Um, moving to Canada with my family when I was a teenager, that was uh, yeah my family's decision. And then after uh, a couple of years playing over there, I got the chance to, to play for the Canadian team. Did you play in England as well? Yeah, I grew up uh, playing hockey in England. I started when I was 11. School system and uh, stuff like that. In the school system, yeah. the club system over yeah. there. So, yeah, that's where, where I started. And then actually when I moved to Canada, it was, it was quite a bit different. The town that I moved to, it was actually, uh, they didn't have a water-based pitch. No. So coming from England, I was they like... They had a lot oh. of ice pitch, probably. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> a lot of ice rinks. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm an awful skater, so I thought I'm not going to do that. But yeah, I uh, yeah, kept playing on the, the artificial grass that they have in there. Sand-based. 
not even Sandbase not where even I lived. No, no, no. The time, the little small town that I lived in, that was just uh, artificial grass for uh, American football. Yeah. Um, but then finally, I went to play in Vancouver, which uh -huh. is a more of a main city, and then there they again have water-based pitches. So yeah. I thought, okay, thank, thank <laughs> goodness, yeah, <laughs> thank some, some proper hockey again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then started playing for the Canadian team, and then an opportunity came to play in Belgium mm -hmm. um, because yeah, the the level of club hockey here is so much better, and I really thought, okay, I can really improve my game if I come how, over. How, how did you come to Belgium? Uh, I started at Wellington in Brussels. Uh -huh. Um, and actually, uh, we've and had just, a few. You popped up in your mind. You were in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> One day, let's yeah, go Yeah, just to Belgium. Belgium. Pointed yeah, out yeah, on yeah, the map. Just pointing at the map and picked that country. And uh... um, we'd had a couple of guys from the Canadian men's team that were coming over to play in Belgium, yeah. uh, like Scott yeah. Tupper and Mark Pearson were coming to racing. Yeah, we had um, Katie Baker before you. And Katie Baker, yeah, yeah, true. In Antwerp, she actually won a championship with Antwerp, Absolutely. if I Absolutely. remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I kind of figured, yeah, it was uh, it was my time to grow my hockey some more. Uh -huh. and uh, come play in Belgium so I started at Wellington and yeah I absolutely loved it it's uh, it's such a professional environment mm -hmm. and everybody is always so welcoming and uh, mm -hmm. I really found that my hockey was getting a lot better yeah. and I was making lots of great friends um, so yeah it started at Wellington I played three years there and uh, yeah, I think after and that. And at that time, you stopped playing for Canada because of the distance, or because of or. Um, in, I think it was just before my third season. Um, I had a conversation with the coach, the Canadian coach, and he said actually he wanted everybody to to centralize in Canada. In Canada. Yeah. And for me at the time, I just didn't feel that that was what was best for me. And as I said, I'd really found a, a home in Belgium and I was really loving it over there. So I decided at that point, okay, I'm going to take my chances and I'm going to go play in Europe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a, a bit of a scary decision at the time because that was really, I'd been on the Canadian team for eight years already yeah. and uh, built a lot with that team. Yeah. But uh, just with the coach at that moment, I thought, okay, I'm so going to choose. So at that moment for you, it was a farewell to international hockey. Uh, I kind of, yeah, I was thinking farewell, but I, I also thought I didn't think I was gonna gonna stop forever because okay. I knew I still had much more to give to the game and much more to learn and to grow. So the original idea was okay, in a couple of years I'm moving back to Canada probably and play for them again. Yeah, it was kind of like okay, I'll take this year then to see how it goes and see how it goes with the Canadian team. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, but I, I always knew that I, I wanted to play international hockey again. Yeah. Um, so I kept training really hard and uh, kept growing, getting better uh, on the Belgium club teams. Yeah. And then uh, an opportunity came up with uh, with the Belgium team eventually. Yeah. Uh, so, now, so now you're in Belgium and making a debut at the European yeah, Championship. Yeah, it's. Uh, How does that feel? It feels unbelievable, actually. I kind of it was a two-year process uh -huh. with getting all my paperwork to apply for naturalization yeah. and. Yeah, I never, to be honest, I never knew what was going to happen with the team, if they were going to yeah. Yeah, accept me, because it is such a, a different story. Uh -huh. um, but to be honest, yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. The team has been fantastic. I feel super integrated. Yeah. They're always so welcoming, which is, yeah, what I found with Belgium as a country, actually, for yeah. each club that I've played for in City. Uh -huh. Everybody's been so welcoming. They always try and help. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, and then it came to selection day and oh, I was so nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was waiting, waiting for the call and then finally the selection was made. And yeah, yeah to be honest, it still feels all a bit like a, a dream. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's a special, it's a special pathway to international hockey. Must yeah, say. Yeah. You don't hear this much. Eh? Um, what are your expectations for this uh, European Championship? Yeah, I think uh, the dream in the in the back of everyone's mind is uh, is Tokyo qualification. Uh -huh. um, but for us as a team, we kind of focus on each game as it comes, 
and uh, after their performance in, in the Pro League, I think that's the same approach that they took. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, we have all the tools and the staff has really prepared us. Mm -hmm. So I think if we focus on each game as it comes and, uh, and do all of our roles, yeah. I think uh, we can be happy with that and yeah, leave the field with absolutely no regrets. No, absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that you have a better chance at qualifying for Tokyo with Belgium than you did with Canada? Because the Canadian women, they did a pretty amazing thing as well. We, we reported it in a different podcast about it, where almost the entire team this year moved to Belgium yeah. uh, with their coach and, and, and started playing here in Belgium clubs and, and training here as a team together. And, well, it paid off because they made the final of the, the, the recent Pan Am again. Yeah, so they, yeah. they, they made some steps as a, as a team uh, as well. Yeah, Canada. Uh, but still, it will be difficult for them to qualify for uh, for Tokyo. Yeah, true. Uh, the the team's gone a lot better, which I'm really happy for them because it's the program's been uh, been very up and down. So no, I'm happy they're doing well. Yeah. Um, but for more of a chance or less of a chance to qualify for Tokyo, it's it's hard to say. I don't. Uh, I keep track of them a bit, but yeah, right yeah. now I'm focused on the Belgium team and, and mm -hmm. the European Cup and what we can do here and yeah, growing with the Belgian team. So. Okay. For chances of qualification, yeah, I have no idea. But yeah. yeah, I'm confident in the Belgian team and what we're creating. So, okay, do you know the yeah. Belgium anthem already? I do. <laughs> I, I've been learning. Yeah, the the Dutch and the French. The Dutch and the French. So you have to sing it now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're singing it a cappella, actually. Uh, so even uh, my yeah. singing skills will be tested as well. <laughs> so no, no, no. I've learned the anthem, uh, and I'm going to sing it uh, very loud and proud at our first game. We'll, we'll see this this Saturday, uh, so uh, yeah. uh, we'll see what uh, what, your, what your singing qualities are before that your hockey uh, <laughs> qualities. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, can you tell me a little bit what's what's the difference that that you've experienced between English hockey and Canadian hockey and Belgian hockey? Oh, English hockey! I think because I was so young, it's oh. uh, I yeah I can't speak too much about it. I don't think it was when I was learning to play. Um, but for the Canadian hockey, I think uh, a lot of girls start playing a lot later than in Belgium. I'm at the clubs in Belgium, I see kids that are Five, tiny, old, yeah, yeah, that are already starting. So I'd say that maybe in Canada, technically, it's. Uh, and why do they start later? Because they first do do other sports, or. Uh? Yeah, I think there's not as much as, a, as an opportunity, yeah. really. Like if I take, for example, the town that I played in, uh -huh. the only league that we had was um, was like a mixed adult league that you could play in. Yeah. Um, and then at school, in high school, you you don't really start playing until high school. Yeah. Um, and then you're playing on grass as well. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, maybe technically it's a, it's a little bit of catch-up. Uh -huh. But saying that, we have some, yeah, there's some uh, very talented girls Absolutely. on the Canadian team. Um, and then, yeah, tactically, because you don't play for as, as long when you're in Canada, maybe right. game sense or, or yeah. yeah, just the experience of playing. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think when they come to Belgium and play here and they're always playing a lot of matches, uh, I think that'll help them, that'll help them improve a lot. No. And then, yeah, for Belgian hockey, a lot of incredibly skillful, talented players. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I found the the federation is, is super professional. Uh -huh. The the amount of um, yeah. yeah, it's not a pay-to-play program here. That makes a difference as well, I think. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the for sure the team is building a really good culture as well, yeah. uh, and everything's going uh, really upwards in Belgian hockey at the moment. I think the game is growing a lot. Uh -huh. And yeah, I'm super excited to play in front of this home crowd. I think it'll be the biggest crowd I've ever played in front of. Yeah, probably a full house, uh, around 7,000, 8,000 people. So it's yeah. going to be amazing. <laughs> All yeah. hearing your singing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight is the first game against uh, well, world champions, uh, former Olympian champions, uh, current European champions, uh, Holland. Uh, what, what are your expectations for the game for tonight? 
Yeah, it's going to be a tough game, but I think it's a really good game to start with because we know we have to be uh, super sharp. Uh -huh. um, I think the staff has really well prepared us. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we're going into every game uh, confident that if we do our roles and, uh, yeah. and do what we've set out to do, then it'll be a good game. Yeah. So the last time when you weren't there, they got a silver medal. Now they're playing in their home country and you are there in the team. So it must be gold <laughs> now for Belgium. Uh, I would hope so. That's, that's the dream. Um, I think, yeah, the way that the team's performed in the Pro League, you've seen a, a huge improvement. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I'm really hoping that uh, I, I'm going to do everything I can to add to that and really bring what I can to the field. And, yeah, the dream is to play the final again. And then, uh, yeah. You never know. You never know. Yeah, we're, we're really going to give it all and leave, as I said, with no regrets. I think the home crowd will always help, and uh, it's yeah. great to have their support. So, yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting tournament. Okay, thanks for your time, Abby, and uh, good luck tonight. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Join us again tomorrow for a new episode of the Euro Hockey Daily on your Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at studiohockey.com. Enjoy your hockey. Bye-bye. Yes, no less than five games are on the schedule for today. We start with three men's games, followed by two women's games. At 11.15 this morning, it's England versus Wales. And mind you, all these times are local times in Belgium. So at 11.15, England versus Wales in the men's. At half past one, Germany versus Scotland. And at a quarter to four, it's the clash between the Netherlands and Ireland. At 6 p.m., the women start their tournament with their first game, Spain versus Russia. And at half past eight, it's the clash of the low countries, Netherlands versus Belgium. Enjoy your hockey!